Hello, and thank you for listening to the NIAAA podcast. The NIAAA podcast reviews the hottest articles from the latest edition of the NIAAA magazine. The NIAAA podcast is sponsored by, name your sponsor here. Thank you again for listening to the NIAAA podcast, and we hope you enjoy the show. Well, welcome, folks, to the NIAAA podcast. This is your insider's guide to the world of the interscholastic athletic director through the lens of the premier association serving ADs all across the world and the producers of the NIAAA magazine, the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Jason Parker, CMAA. I'm the Executive Director of Athletics for Muskogee Public Schools in Muskogee, Oklahoma. And I'd also like to welcome my co-host, Mr. Corey Collier, CAA, Assistant Director of Athletics for the Atlanta Public School District. Corey, how are you and how's your summer going, my friend? Hey, sir, I'm doing well, man. Trying to stay uh, nice and cool in this heat, in this Georgia heat, Georgia weather. So... (laughs) I uh, hope everybody's trying to stay cool that's, that's, that's got that heat going like we got it going on down here. Definitely. Good luck with that. Well, <laughs> listen, every episode, we want to start off with a segment called Ideas That Work. And our Ideas That Work is sponsored by GoFan. This is a portion of the magazine where ADs offer um, quick hitters, right? Like, little ideas that you can take and implement within your uh, program and really create an impact in a short time. In this week's or last month's, uh, last magazine's rather, um, idea that work uh, comes from Dr. Mark Rarick, who's an athletic director in North Dakota. North, Dr. Rarick, um, Dr. Rarick's I. TR, the ITW actually, excuse me, is called the interview tiebreaker. And what he proposes is a fantastic interviewees. He poses the solution in the form of a question. What he does is ask the interviewees anytime he's in a scenario where he's got to make a choice between two close candidates. He asks them, what is the biggest mistake you ever made as a coach? Dr. Rarick relates that the power in the question comes from the fact that it forces coaches to demonstrate the ability to articulate how their prior decisions affected or related to the growth or well-being of others. Dr. Rarick relates that if a coach's answer focuses on a particular play crawl, a scheme, or other ancillary items, he knows that this person is not the right fit. Corey, what do you think about this as a solution for deciding between two very close candidates in the interview process? I mean, I think, honestly, I think it's a very good good way uh, of figuring out uh, who's going to be the best fit for your programs. Um, you know, you, you sometimes you do have that, oh, my gosh, we got two people. What can we do? So I think this tiebreaker, uh, this method that Dr. Rarick used as his tiebreaker, I think this is good. It, it, it kind of gives the idea of, uh, the water half full, uh, the glass half full versus the glass half empty type approach. Uh, and most people want the person that's, that, that goes along with the, half gla- the, the glass half full uh, type approach. So I think this is great. I think this, 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 this works well. 
Uh, I think more people probably should kind of look into this to see uh, what they can do and how they can make it relevant for, for their process. Absolutely. And thank you to Dr. Rarick for posing this ideas that work. He is a super smart guy. Uh, we all know his head is certainly big enough. Uh, so he has a huge brain. So great job, uh, Dr. Rarick. Those <laughs> ideas that work, which is sponsored by GoFan. And next, we want to get to our interview process, guys. You know, our guests are featured due to authoring a top-rated article in the latest edition of the NIAAA magazine. Today's guest is no different. He is Mr. Nick DeForest from Vienna, Austria. He is the Assistant Director of the Events Office at the American Institute International School in Vienna, Austria. Nick, welcome to the show. Well, thanks very much for having me, guys. It's a pleasure. Hey, we appreciate it, and we know there's a, a heck of a time difference. Uh, we appreciate you getting on with us. If you wouldn't mind, tell the listeners a little bit about your background as an AD. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I'm Canadian. Uh, I am uh, in Vienna, Austria, as you said, and have been for about 22 years. And uh, I came here to play baseball after playing in college, and I had no idea what an athletic director was or, or did at that point. Um, and yeah, I got onto the school here, coaching the baseball team, and um, just saw what it was and realized, hey, I want to, I want to do that job, and um, kept on the school and and got connected. I was the activities coordinator first, um, but worked hand in hand with the athletic director, and then um, our our jobs kind of merged. You know, you said that big title, uh, assistant director of the events office. Well, basically, I'm an athletic director in a five person team that does almost everything outside of uh, teach the curriculum to our students. So lots of different and fun things. Um, but the main duty is of course, uh, organizing and, and running our teams. Awesome. Well, you have certainly written uh, an interesting author or article, all of us on the, Publications Committee really enjoyed reading it. It is entitled Creating Content for a Global Audience and is featured in the summer edition of the NIAAA magazine. Um, we'll start off the questions today with my co-host, Mr. Corey Collier. Yes, sir. So, Nick, um, seeing that you, you know, we, as NIAAA, we really not only try and reach um, our athletic administrators here in the in the U.S., but we try and reach athletic administrators across the globe. Uh, and knowing that you are dealing with this the, this uh, global com conference that, you, mm -hmm. uh, but one of the things that I, I really enjoyed about your article is that you talked about student athletes getting together uh, from different areas. You talked about Rio de Janeiro, uh, how you know they they talked about certain mm -hmm. things. So. Why do you feel it is important for students around the world to connect with each other? Yeah, a great question. Yeah, I think, you know, we're, we are around the world. And even for U.S.-based schools like, like you guys, um, you know, we're, we're separated sometimes just across the country. You know, we're here. It's across uh, all of Europe um, and the world. And, but we really are similar, you know, and you may not know it. You know, students may feel alone in their high school, in their little town, um, no matter what country it is. Um, but to be able to really connect um, with other people and, and learn from other people that are like you uh, in different places, it's just really valuable. 
And uh, I think students, they do that. They do that every day. You know, they're on social media. Um, they're looking at things that maybe they're taking in content. Um, but the idea of this conference was to really have the kids become content creators, you know, and, and um, do things for people outside of their school walls, outside of their uh, state, country, um, wherever they are. And uh, it just makes it that more impactful to them when they bring things back home. Yeah, and I love that word impactful because that's certainly what this was. I love uh, just the, the origin story. I want to go back and, and kind of tell us how this thing came about, this, this student-athlete leadership conference, because I really think ADs everywhere can learn from this example and maybe do something similar in their neck of the woods. Yeah, and, you know, I think the same, and that was one, one of the reasons why I thought this – this conference that we that we did would would be important for you know U.S. based ads as well. It's not doesn't have to be global, but the idea behind it, like you said, and so the the origin was really um, being in our basements, like I am right now uh, during this pandemic, seeing all this great content online, and I I started a conference for adults for ads, and that was great, um, but then I saw the NFHS uh, leadership conference you know being advertised and that being going online for the first time and i thought wow that's great um we should do something you know for our international school kids as well and then we said hey let's not just give them content you know they're getting content from all sorts of places let's let them be the content creators mm. so it was really you know it took a long time you know we, we put the idea out to schools who loved it right away um, but obviously they had to get kids on board had to get ideas for what they might present um, so it took some time so the first conference was in March but we really started the idea really at the start of the school year so it was a big lead-in um, to it um, but it was yeah we go back to that impactful it really was impactful especially for those people that presented themselves very that's good. good yeah that's good that's good that's good um, so when when you were we know that and how many years have you all had this in place nick um or what was the process the mind uh the 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 mindset that you all had because i know the pandemic right. threw some threw some wrenches in some stuff it threw some wrenches yeah. in, in in everybody's ideas and plans and processes and procedures so right. tell me how do you think the pandemic changed your view on the processes and procedures for your global conference right well, you know, it really was born out of it, um, but we, we've done two now. So this year, most of our schools were back in person at least half the year, and it was a bit bit harder overseas than it was in this. This year was a let's say half a COVID year, uh, and we did the conference for the second time, and it was just as uh, popular. So, you know, being born out of the pandemic, realizing that we can easily connect with people around the world. I think we'll continue because especially in international schools, they they really are spread out. You know, you don't have the amount of students and schools, um, you know, right around the corner, like you, like you do where I grew up in Canada, you know, there was 10 high schools all within a 20 minute drive. Um, and you just don't have that internationally. So you need this. Yeah this method to connect. Nick, what was the ultimate impact of the um, 
of the conference. How many students, coaches? I mean, did you guys get any official numbers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we had over 100 schools uh, take part. And it was recorded, so you didn't have to be online live. So I think a lot of the, the first year, um, depending on your time zone, right, um, it, it was tough. This, this past year, there was less schools signed up, over 50, I believe. Uh, but many more people online live actually watching when it was live. So I think that was a switch, you know, the, the recorded content. You know, you, you're either live or you're not going to watch it, I think, um, was the change but you know that just reaching kids um if it was just one kid you know we had 10 presenters this year if i'm mistaken and for those 10 kids the the impact is so much greater than than just the participant you know the participants could take some great things out but those kids that actually took the time to make their presentation you know practice it with their teachers or, or family members beforehand and then and then present it um it's just so much more yeah. man well that sounds that's awesome i love that impact i love that you guys are getting that type of that level of engagement how can we as ad's all across the world replicate something like this what are the, yeah take something like this together well you know I, I don't think it has to be globally you know like i I am out here and that was my kind of go-to area, but it doesn't have to be. What I think is important is um, just outside of your own school, right? So even if it's just statewide, um, I think getting the kids thinking outside their class, outside their school, something different. Kids maybe they don't know, schools they don't know, makes it a little more special. And it just starts from a few emails, I think, from just ADs or, or any teachers, you know, writing some emails to other schools, Hey, we have this idea. Um, what do you think about it? Um, one big benefit in uh, in the U.S. is the time change. You know, it's not not too far from the west to the east coast, um, but so that'll that'll help. But I think you know, kids are creating content right now for class projects and things, but they may not ever present them to anyone different than their their teacher or those few kids in their class. Um, so it just takes it up a notch when you have to to present. And I think. Maybe the state conferences, you know, every state has your own your own conference. It could have a student element in it, right, where the mm -hmm. students are presenting. Um, mm -hmm. That could be a way. But I think I think it's important to get the kids outside their comfort zone. Um, and also, one of the main things I, I wanted to do with this conference was let kids and teachers and and schools know that athletics can be academic and it is academic. You know, so all the presentations were about something athletic, you know, and uh, I think that takes a back seat in a lot of a lot of international schools anyway. Like, ah, you're never going to be a pro athlete. Why are you going to go to soccer practice three times a week? You know, you need to study more. And uh, there's just so many great careers out there that can revolve around athletics when you don't have to be an athlete. That it's just uh, well, missing and, the opportunity. And... Yeah, for sure. And even beyond that, you, you talk about the opportunity to educate beyond the classroom. You know, obviously, there's the pedantic book study of, of sitting in a class, but in the real world is where we can apply a lot of the education, uh, not just book learning, but real world, you know, dealing with situations and people dealing with struggles and opportunities. Um, 
And so I think as ADs, we've all got to do our part to to advocate for that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So what how how did you guys come up with the topics that the that the students chose for yeah. um their presentations? You know, well, we just it, it was <laughs> I thought it was the easiest thing to do. I said, you can present on whatever you want. It just has to have a tie into athletics. And uh, that was pretty hard um, for the first year when not, you know, this wasn't a thing and no one knew what it was. They, I had so many emails of, well, narrow it down for me. I'm like, well, whatever you're interested in. And um, so, yeah, we left it up to each individual to, to talk about something that they were passionate about or something they wanted to talk about. And uh, for example, I had a swimmer uh, from my school and she said, well, you know, I, I really get nervous before a, a race, you know, just me on the starting blocks and maybe I could write about that. And I said, yeah, research why that is, you know, think about it, get, talk to your coach, interview some people if they have the same experiences as you. And uh, she did a fantastic job. It was awesome. So she, she wasn't an expert at it. She wanted help in that area. So her research and pre uh, preparation then ultimately helped her yeah that's interesting I, I always tell ads it doesn't matter if you're surviving at a thing or thriving at a thing either yeah. way you can teach others you or mm -hmm. adopt this mindset but nick we really appreciate the information uh cory do you want to close us out yeah, I definitely will, Nick. Uh, like, um, like, like, like um, my co-host uh, said, uh, Jason. I'm forgetting his name. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but like he said, Nick, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to to sit with us today uh, for this uh, podcast. Uh, we definitely appreciate it because we know the time difference. So, um, you know that that works well uh, with us, and we're glad that it worked well for you. So, uh, yeah. we want to thank you for the article and the impact. Uh, before yeah. we go. Our last question is: Okay, <laughs> what is the best advice you could you could have for any new and aspiring athletic director? Oh, well, let's kind of stick to my uh, theme of the of this is connect connect with people, connect with other ads, um, whether they're in the school next door to you, uh, you know, in the same city, same state, or or somewhere else, um, even around the world. Uh, ask questions and uh, and connect. So let's well, end. we appreciate that information. And one great way to connect is by picking up your copy of the <laughs> NIAAA magazine. Also, we encourage everyone to attend the National Athletic Directors Conference, which this year will be held in Nash Nashville, Tennessee in December. And so to all of our guests and listeners, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NIAAA podcast. We'd like to thank all of our readers, listeners, and guests. Remember, we always encourage ADs to contribute by sharing ideas and articles simply by emailing NIAAA.org. Be sure to be on the lookout for the next publication of the NIAAA magazine, and we look forward to seeing you at the next National Athletic Directors Conference. Thank you for listening.